One of my favorite mu musicals, and I have several that I uh, enjoy, but one of my favorites is Fiddler on the Roof. And for those that are, uh, haven't uh, had a pleasure of, there's a nice, uh, I think it was done in the 70s movie version of it that was done, that was really well done. Uh, I've been able to see it uh, live a couple times. Uh, but for those that are unaware, um, it is of a Jewish family who, uh, actually very Jewish um, town, that they've been exiled, sent out of the town because of some expansion of the uh, Russian government. And Tevya, the main character, and his wife and family are going through this struggle of transition, uh, of holding on to the old and embracing the new and embracing uh, different concepts of love and, and concepts of life itself. And Tevya, being a very poor man, says at one point, we hear his internal monologue often, God, I know it's no shame to be poor, but it's no great honor either. And he launches into the probably the best uh, song I've ever heard, If I Were a Rich Man. And during that song, he's, he talks about all the things he would do and have if he were rich. And one of my favorite lines in there is, I'd have a staircase going up and one going down just because. But in the end, he wants to be rich because then people will come to him. Because when you're rich, you know. That's not necessarily true, but that's what he as a poor man interpreted and believed. Sometimes being rich is not knowing. And we have this young man today in this gospel passage coming up to Jesus, a good teacher, what must I do? See, when Jesus says, well, keep the commandments, he says, well, I've been keeping all of those all my life, and, and yet there's something more. There's something missing. I don't know what I'm missing. What is it I need to do? What more do I need to do? And Jesus looks at him, loves him, and tells him what to do. Give what you have to the poor and come follow me. And I think the invitation is less about giving to the poor, as important as that is, but following him. And see, his possessions held him back. He had such a hold on his possessions that he could not let them go. He did not know his dependence. He wanted those possessions more than he wanted salvation. He wanted more. And I get the sense that as he went away sad, Jesus too was sad. After all, he had never been closer to salvation than at that moment. Never been closer to, to actually achieving what he felt like he was missing. And we honestly don't know what happened to him after. Did he come back after the death and resurrection of Jesus? Did, was he one of the first uh, followers? Or did he die not giving himself, not submitting himself, not giving, being able to give up his possessions, allowing his possessions to hold him back? And Jesus uses this as a moment to teach the, the, the disciples how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God for those who are rich. And let's be honest, it's hard for all of us to enter. It, it, it's not something we can do. 
Perhaps this is the challenge of, of today's gospel passage for us. We think, too, it's just keeping the commandments. Well, if I just am good enough, and I, I've joked with a number of people and a number of times that we think God grades on a curve. We don't have to be better than ourselves. We just have to be better than 50% of the rest of the people. Or I, I joked the other day with, uh, there's a new Red Bull commercial that I've seen a few times, the antelope, and they're putting, putting on their shoes and, and drinking the Red Bull, and you can't outrun that line. I don't have to outrun run the line. I just have to outrun you. And we live our lives like that. We just have to do something slightly better than the rest. No. Salvation is a gift that God gives. We can't do enough when it comes down to it but submit ourselves to Christ. And that's why I'm convinced the follow me is the way. Don't let anything hold you back, but follow me, Jesus would say. How hard it is for the rich, though, to let go. And let's be honest, we are in the top percentage in the world's riches. We, in general, I know not all of us make the same amount of money or anything like that, but in general, we are among the richest. We are among the richest that the world has ever seen. We have wealth beyond anyone's imagining. The disciples of Jesus' day probably would look at us and say, wait a minute, you're, that, you're richer than that rich man. And so we have to ask ourselves, are we able to let go? Are we able to recognize our dependence upon God and Jesus uses this image, and an image that is so often tried to, tried to explain away. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. I've heard it explained, well, uh, you know, there's a gate in Jerusalem called the eye of the needle. It was very narrow, and a uh, camel would have had a hard time going through it. There's only one problem with that. The gate never existed. There is a gate in Damascus that's called the Eye of the Needle. It was built after Jesus, so Jesus couldn't be referring to that one. So how do we understand this? Well, there's an idiom in Aramaic that is as difficult as a rope passing through an eye of a needle. That's pretty hard, pretty difficult. And the word for rope and the word for camel are one that are away from each other. So Jesus takes that idiom most likely, and raises it. As difficult as it is for a rope, it's even more difficult for a camel. It is difficult. Because, again, something's holding us back. In the case of a camel and a needle, it's the entire camel. In the case of riches, it's the riches. Does this mean that those that are poor are automatic too? No, if you're like me, I've met some very, very miserly rich people and some very, very miserly poor people. I've met some very, very generous rich people and some extremely generous poor people. It's not a matter of what they have. It's a matter of their attitude towards what they have. And I think that's the difference. Do we let the things we have hold us back? Or do we, in generosity, give them up? In the end, I think that's the gift, or actually it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, generosity is, that we need to allow it to grow. And we hear about those gifts in today's first reading. 
we have wisdom and prudence being mentioned specifically. And I think in the end, that's, that those are the two gifts that help us grow this gift of generosity, that we see as God would see wisdom, and that we have the, the ability to make right judgment, prudence. That unlike this rich man, we can see how our stuff, the wealth we have, or the lack of, holds us back. How perhaps greed, if we have a lot, or envy, if we have so little, hold us back. And to pray for that gift of, or that fruit of generosity to grow in us, that we would be free. See, in the end, and I've already mentioned it, there's a word here that we might not catch. When Jesus looked at the rich man, he only looked at him with love. Jesus looks at us with love. He wants us to follow him. This day, are we going to allow him to love us? Are we going to allow him to have direct access to our hearts, or are we going to put the stuff we have the attitudes we have, the desires we have, the envy we have, the greed we have, all those things that block us from his love. The invitation is to accept his love. And once we do, we have riches beyond. And Jesus says that too. Peter is saying, well, we've given up everything to follow you. Jesus says, yeah. And when you do, when you follow me, you receive a hundred times more. There's a mystery in the religious life and, and the priesthood a little bit, not quite as obvious in the, as in the religious life. But I've talked to a number of uh, mothers and fathers of, of especially daughters who have entered religious life. And we, we thought we were giving up our daughter, they say, until we went and visited the convent for the to- first time. And suddenly we found ourselves mothers and fathers to, to 20 sisters, Their family was expanded by their generosity. I think that's just in a small way what Jesus is referring to, that we receive back. When we give freely, we can receive freely. When we give to Jesus freely, we receive his love and the love of those who love him back.